I've been a week since Trump won, and everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Amit Prakash. Today, we are having turkey, mac and cheese, weird grains, and a couple six-packs of beer. You know why? Why? You tell me. We're thankful that... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> New York City is a very interesting place to be right now. People here are fucking not cool with this. <laughs> what I saw after the election last week, and this is not a fucking joke, mm-hmm. I went to Abilene's as well. Okay. By the way, Abilene's the only dive bar in the neighborhood. I love that you have the S on it. <laughs> what is it? Abilene? Abilene's. <laughs> is it not? It's just Abilene. <laughs> I went to Abilene's. It's Abilene's <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah. Okay, I like adding S's and stuff. Um... There was a circle of women, and I'm not exaggerating, 10 women, all breastfeeding their babies in the bar. A circle breastfeed. Okay. Now like, listen, listen, I love breasts. It's, no, it's, not, a, it's, not, a, it's not like a shocking statement for me, and I, I do not care. Like women can whip it out at the dinner table. I don't give a goddamn, but that's too many, too many babies sucking on boobs in a bar. Listen, it's purposeful. I know. Curb. Yeah. I like live a, in Brooklyn. It was a feed in. Yeah. Made me hungry. <laughs> My primal instinct. <laughs> I don't know why I ordered jalapeno poppers as soon as I saw that. What does that mean? I need to talk to a shrink. We're going to talk what about would my shrink say if I said that? Yeah. I had a really weird experience. There were 10 women breastfeeding kids and it made me want jalapeno poppers. What does that mean? I don't know. I wanted to hurt myself. <laughs> um, we have not done this for a long time. We haven't yeah. actually, you know, we've been doing this thing where, you know, schedules suck, whatever. Right. right. And we we drink all the time on the podcast. We've had liquid dinners. Mostly. Lots of liquid yeah. dinners. We're like, yeah. we eat. You know what? I think now that I think subconsciously we were, we're anxious. It's a great excuse. Okay, let's go. Let's with that. blame Trump. Uh, yeah, although we did, I mean, we ate sometimes. We ate. Yeah. Just, we didn't <laughs> eat like we didn't like yeah. eat like a family. Right, right. But now we're back. We're yeah. going to chew in people's ears again. Yep. You know the the new listeners. So yeah. what is this stuff? I don't know. It's some kind of weird caveman barley. It's like a it's old barley. Ancient, that's it's what like, it no, is. it's not barley. It's f- farro. 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 Right. It's delicious. Right. It's really it's good. good. It's really good. Farro's good. I prefer it to rice. You wouldn't because you're Indian. You like basmati. Dude, you're so racist. I don't even like rice. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's not really racist as yeah. much as like a cultural yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're, stigma. Tr- you're trading in stereotypes. Yeah, stereotypes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take a I'll take non over rice any day of the week. But you know, I'm Italian, and you would think I like pasta and pizza, right? You do. So you're Indian, and I could think you like. But I know you. No, but I know you do. You just made a guess. I've seen you house rice <laughs> no, with your you fingers. At, you, we've gone to the Jackson Diner, and I've seen you. You leave, your family doesn't even use forks. You guys are so crazy. You literally get your paws and you build little pockets of tiki masala rice and you like eat them like a okay. First, like people eat M and M's. That's the way. <laughs> that's the way you do it. That's the proper way to eat. I know it's true. Um, Yo, one time when I was at your house eating when I was younger and I saw your dad not use a fork and knife, I was like, I love this man. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was the culture because I never ate Indian food right, before right. we met you. Yeah, McCole never did it either. Never mind. Yeah, never. 
And I came to your house, and your your dad was like just scooping shit up with his hands. I was like, dude, this guy's amazing. <laughs> You're like, oh, look at these me. Yeah, acts. I yeah. was like, I love this house. They eat like me. But really, that's just the culture. That's just, yes, yes, it's actually a norm. <laughs> um, we, I mean, we, what are we, we talking took, about this week? Um, we took a week off for many reasons. We didn't really take a week off. Well, we didn't take a week off. We did like a pre. But we never, like, you know, most people would have come listen, back and you know, been like... Yeah, yeah, right, right. But you know what? The funny thing is that I got emails and texts from people worrying yeah. that we were done. Yeah. No. Saying that, oh, are you guys still going to continue? And I think that if Hillary Clinton won, we might have talked about maybe less of this. But, like, now... Or at least a pause. What is it? Yeah. It would have been a pause. It would have been like, all right, see you at inauguration. And we got the holidays yeah. coming up. We'll take some pauses mm-hmm. here and there. But, like... Mm. It's going to be pretty fascinating. Yeah, for, frightening, but fascinating. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. I, a lot to talk. I mean, I also, I mean, quite frankly, I think we need to be vigilant. You know that we need to watch every move. That reeks of effort, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do the podcast and and just be in New York. Okay. Okay. All right. What are we doing? First? All right. So the, the the first thing I want to talk about. Um, By is, the way, wait. Are you guys nervous? Gina, are you like? Are you guys that like? Do you do you feel like a little uneasy like everybody else? Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah, I literally actually two days at, at the first I was kind of not fully baffled because I've been talking. You were I was fucking freaking out of my house. I, I was talking to you for a year yeah. about this, and yeah. so I kind of had you in my ear, and you were saying all along since he even announced yeah. that this guy he's definitely got the nomination and he'll probably win. Yeah, and and in the beginning I was like you're crazy, yeah. uh, but by the end of it. I kind of, and like, like we said, I mean, it was last week or the week before that I still thought she was going to win, yeah. but then what was working against me was Brexit, you know? And right. so, so the right. fact that right. that happened, that sort of just threw everything for a loop for yeah. me. So, I, but I was, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I was like, I knew, like I did not No, no way. So no. I've, I've been totally destabilized. And we watched it together. Yeah, and we watched we it together. we sat here with friends. And by the way, like There's very a, liberal Hillary supporting yes. friends. I felt bad for everybody that night. Yes. Not to sound arrogant here, because I didn't call it. I got talked out of my real feelings, and I and I and I thought she was going to win, but I I was not shocked. Yeah, and I was here at the beginning of that night, and and you, I, I we were feeling really, me and you were mm-hmm. feeling real early before like yeah. we knew he yeah. was going to win. Me and By you, like eight, we were like, yeah, okay. me and you were kind of like, oh shit. If the exit polls are yeah. looking bad in Florida, yeah, that means Latinos that's what are we voting for, for. And everyone here, yeah, yeah, people here, and rightfully so, were you know hopeful. And I remember just sitting here, and I just like, I actually did feel real bad for everybody that's here. It's like it's very depressing for people in Brooklyn. Like we. You know, there's a block party down here that didn't really right, get to happen. Right, corner of President and Clinton. <laughs> oh man, right? and yeah. they were ready to yeah. like, you know, rock the world, like yeah. uh, the glass ceiling shattering, and a, our first woman president. And, and those are all great things, but it came, it became pretty evident that you know, you know what happened two days afterwards. So at first I was baffled, and then I was kind of angry, and then. I was like really depressed for a good day. I had to take you day, out for a beer. Day, day and a half. Yeah, we I just was, sat there. I was literally like, I was like, oh, I feel hated. I feel like half the country Oof. hates people who look like me. That stinks. Um, and, you know. Did you feel like that and too? It, like I literally, I like, I well, felt I've already it. already known that for years. But did you feel it? Like now. I'm, I'm, see, I'm telling you. Like, you I've feel already, that. Already known That's that so years. sad. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Jeep. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that it's, I mean, it's, I mean, anybody who knows anything about American history knows this shouldn't be a total shock. I know, Um, but it's like, but yeah, it's brutal. But, but we, I know a lot of people who voted for Trump 
um, who I don't think are actually bad people. Yeah. Uh, who actually, you know, people that I like. Um, I'm hoping this is going to, but, but that's what, that's what I, that what troubles me is that how do you sort of, you may have, and I get there's all sorts of reasons not to vote and whatever, but to bracket all of the racism and sexism is, is a hard one for me, you know, that to sort of, I don't know. It's been my, um, it's been my biggest debate with people since, uh, and I think you both have seen on Facebook. I mean, we're not, I'm not doing it on my personal page anymore. But um, I was for the first few days, the first week after, I was, I was really mad. Mm-hmm. And here's why I was mad. I was mad because I felt like we had a shot. I felt like this, none of this had to happen. Mm-hmm. And it could be one of those things where like, I'm a sore loser. And maybe I've never really been a sore loser. But um, I was, I've never, this is the first time in my adult life I really got behind. Like, I can't pay him. I sold fucking t-shirts for Bernie Sanders. I raised thousands of dollars. Like, we all did. I really got behind him because it was like the first time in my life I was ever, I've always liked talking about politics, but I never, no one ever pulled me in. Not Howard Dean, none of these bullshit people. Barack Obama did, but I I think the whole world at that point was Mm -hmm. behind him. This was a little different. That was really historic. That was like black president. He was charismatic. He was amazing. Didn't vote for the war in Iraq. And it was like everything lined up. And I didn't necessarily go, I, I donated money then. But this time, I was like really behind this guy, mm-hmm. Bernie, and I was pa- we were passionately behind this yeah. guy, like, yeah. like all the issues that we're talking about right now, all stem from just people not being educated and like uh, not being able to go to the doctor and whatever. Right. And it's right. we had this candidate who was radical, and I felt like there were a lot of liberals that were so they were so uh, they had their horse blinders on for the Clintons, mm-hmm. and I get it. But I felt like they weren't willing to have that real conversation with us. I remember the liberal media turning on him. Uh, they were all, they were behind so much of the bullshit posts out there. What he's going to do to your taxes, uh, like all this shit that scared people away from being open minded. And I was really mad about that because a lot of people on Facebook, I remember them calling me crazy for supporting him. Yeah, yeah. And I always felt he was the strongest of all of the candidates, and and. I don't know. I was going to get fucking rocked by that guy. Like, I had nothing to gain except, like, I am. I, I think I'm a really good human. Mm-hmm. Like, I care for other people. Like, I would gladly, if, if I knew that my tax dollars would go to really good things, I would, I would give 60%. Of, I swear to God, I would give 60% of my, my paycheck. I don't care. But um, I, I was so angry this whole week yeah. because... No, like, I you motherfuckers. Yeah, because there's there's there, yeah, because there's there's that whole, you know, what what, you know, woulda coulda shoulda thing going on, right? And uh and I get it and that's was fueling part of my anger too. Yeah. Um but I think one thing what I wanted to talk about for our first topic today was just your I want to get some of your views on what do you think happened, right? That why why he won. So I've got I've got a very simple thesis on this yeah is that which is you to win you have to really vote for something rather than just purely against something that when you feel the candidate people are mobilized to come out and vote mm-hmm. and sell t-shirts or whatever do do whatever because yeah. they're for something yes right i agree with that. and and the the line that ended up being the hillary clinton line was Look at Donald Trump. 
he's terrible. So even if you don't like me, just vote against him. And that doesn't work, right? So the Trump voters, they were voting for something. And we can sort of, you know, contest, you know, whether, you know, the the morality or whatever, you know, even even the sort of pragmatism of what they're voting for, but they were voting for something, right? Some of them were voting anti-Hillary, but the, the vast majority who were coming out and and flipping, you know, those former Obama voters and so on, they they, they believed, and I think they've been duped, but they believed that they're voting for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and and so like yes, there is like the racism that you. I don't think we can discount that. That's obviously no, that's obviously it's a, a factor. It's a piece. Um, there are racists that are celebrating. Yeah, of no course, doubt. absolutely, no absolutely. Doubt. And but there was also this sort of you know like Clinton's comeback to uh, to Trump's line of "Make America Great Again" was "America's Already Great," mm-hmm. uh, which falls really on deaf ears to many people who are <laughs> suffering actual social pain, I right? Know. And they're treating it just like many communities in history have treated social pain, which is like with drugs and yeah. violence and this, that, and the other, you know. So all of the sort of ills that come with poverty. So their communities are like really hurting, right? Yeah. And she's saying, "Oh no, it's it's all great, right? It's already great." So what are you talking about? Um, so, and then you had like all of these, you know, elite level Dems. One I want to talk about is Chuck Schumer, who's in line to be the new Senate minority leader, which I think should be fought. Um, I want to just read you a quote. I mean, because it's a damning quote. This is what he said before, and I think it was in October, quote, for every blue collar Democrat we lose in Western Pennsylvania, we'll pick up two moderate Republicans in the suburbs of Philly. And you can repeat that in Ohio, Illinois, and Wisconsin. All right. Um, so he's basically, and he's doing exactly what the Democrats have done. He's forsaken mm-hmm. the working class, right? And saying, forget them. We're going to go for basically Republicans, <laughs> right? We're going to go for sort of centrist Republicans um, as our demographic to vote, right? So, of course, they got killed in those in those regions, right? They got, they got, they got killed, murdered. right? They got murdered, right? So there's... There's that. So there's the counter argument to Trump was things are going swimmingly. Uh, the the practical response to Trump was we're going to pick up all these other voters who are who are Republicans because Trump is so, oh so terrible. Um, and then you had you know like the DNC like the the actual uh, convention in Philly. You know their big thing was like let's trot out Mike Bloomberg. Well, Mike Bloomberg, he's a real billionaire versus, you know, by the way, the people who you are hoping to mobilize hate the billionaires, right? They tolerate Trump and because he's got a good con, you know, like that, oh, they've seen him on TV. He can like, you know, tell Cindy Lauper and Meatloaf what's up. So, you know, he can tell that to China, you know, so so like there, I mean, he's, he's good at what he does, right? And conning them and they're willing to sort of go with that. But Mike Bloomberg and Chuck Schumer's of the world, like the, these are going to sort of get the working class vote in Philadelphia and in its environs. Like, give me a break. Like they're, you're not voting for anything there. Right. right. That's right. so that's that's what I in, in most simple thing. Right. If you would vote and then that's where I think, OK, if it was Bernie Sanders. Yeah, there would have been mudslinging. There would have been all sorts of stuff. Um but it's so funny, all the Clinton surrogates are coming out and saying, oh, if it was Bernie Sanders, like before it was, oh, Bernie Sanders is too white, 
right? That, that he's all white. And now in the aftermath, when people are like, you know, arguing the counterfactual, well, what if it was Bernie? He's like, oh, no, he's too Jewish. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that now, now he's too like, you know, like not white or right, whatever, right. you know? So, so, but at least if they'd fielded Bernie Sanders or some, you know, somebody that you were voting for, right? That you're actually like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm excited about this. Yeah. That's how Obama won. Obama was a nobody. Let's be frank, right? In yeah. in, in two thousand four, nothing, or just two thousand eight, he was nobody. Nothing. He gave junior gave a senator great from Illinois. He's a great, convention. great, great speaker. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, he's got the gilded resume and all that. But but so do a lot of people. Yeah, totally. And they've been around for a longer time. But people were voting for him. You know that? Wow, they're captivated by him. You know, I mean, that's that, that that's what I would say. Right. But what do you think? Um. I think there's a lot of things you could point to. Um, for me, I think the promises made by the Obama administration, the change. I think people came out for the change. People came out to make America great again. It was it was different. It was it was uh, about hope and change for Obama. He did the same thing Trump did. It was the sound bites, um, and people got behind that. And people people expected there to be change. And for a lot of people, there was not change. Um, so people like to get behind a message, right? Mm -hmm. People dig that people in this, that's, I mean, that's why advertisers get paid tons of money. People need that message. You can't just come out there and give people a history lesson and tell them what you're going to do. They need, they need a, they need a, a phrase. They need, they need something. And Trump, Trump is so good at this, man. Like he takes people down by giving him a negative name. He gives you a name and that's your name. Like Lion Ted. When I see Ted Cruz, I want to say Lion Ted. Um, little Marco. I mean, the guy, the, the thing is that the Dems had time to see his, they saw his weapons, right? Mm -hmm. They know the weapons he uses and they didn't counter it. So the message against Hillary was crooked Hillary, crooked. She's crooked Hillary. I'm going to make America great again. She's crooked Hillary. And that is a big fucking thing. And the Clinton campaign failed to tag him with something. They just responded with exactly what you just said was, how dare him say that? America is great again. No, it's not. Not for people in Flint who can't fucking turn on tap water and drink. That America sucks for them. It's not for black people getting shot by cops and then the cops are getting uh, you know, a slap on the hand or pay vacation. America's not great for them. America needs to become great again. And it's never really been good for those people. It's been great for fucking liberal white people like myself. Like It's been great. Um I felt they should have hit him with a... They never really attacked him for being such a fraud. Because really, at the end of the day, Trump is a fucking fraud. Yeah, no, this guy is a fucking fraud. That's what I'm and saying. And they, they failed yeah. to put that in the vulnerable center of America's heads. They, they failed to put that in you, that this guy is a fucking fraud. Um, and I think at the bare, when we can analyze this, there's a million reasons. Right. And, and hindsight's twenty twenty, And now we all know what happened, um, even though we don't. But the bottom line is, at the very root of it, you had a guy who represented everything the establishment is not, even though he has benefited from it. And he is he is the fucking philosopher. He's the he's the the guy on the black horse coming in with the map. He knows the answers. He has he has billions of dollars. He has he's owned up to the shirts in China and the and the tax. He's he literally at a fucking presidential debate said, "Yeah, I maybe didn't maybe I didn't pay a million dollars in taxes cuz I'm fucking smart." Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm playing by the rules, you guys. And that is not nothing. 
Right? right? He didn't necessarily break any laws that we know of. He literally is doing what all billionaires do. And this guy, for poor people, he 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 says he has the answers because he has fucking used the system. And there's no rebuttal to that because we put up the poster child for the establishment. We did not put up. I mean, the Democratic Party has gone more liberal. They're just the party itself has not admitted that to the you know to, to everybody. And they're they're still in the old right. who whose turn is it? Like if you lost to Barack Obama, who was a black man who no one knew, a black man, middle name Hussein, middle name Hussein, <laughs> fucking accused of being a Muslim. You lost to that guy. You sh- you're never gonna win. You got no shot. You know what I'm saying? Like if you would have before Obama, we never even knew Obama's name. Did you ever think in our near in the near future back then we would see a black president? I didn't. No fucking yeah. shot. And she lost to that guy. Who, yeah. whatever, we all fell in love with, but still, the whole country, you know, everyone's saying everyone in the country is racist. Everyone that voted for Trump is racist. Dude, have, a lot of those people that voted for Trump two times voted for a black guy. So, like, not everybody's racist. Yeah. Granted, people are voted for a guy who has said really fucked up shit, and that's what should be analyzed. Yeah. It's not how this happened. It's what are those people? Those people... That, and, and a lot of them are poor that got behind Obama have now gone for the quote-unquote racist, sexist, homophobic, anything. That's that. I don't have that answer. I'm that's, not sure. But that, I mean, that, if you look at the history of race formation in this country, right, it's literally predicated. So when we started, you know, America started in Virginia and so on, you had basically mixed-race people, black people, free blacks, and white people band together and rebel against the sitting uh, landowners. Right. And one of the strategies for division was the, the category of race where whites are put on top. So if, even if you're a poor white, you have at least some yes. privileges, right? Some, or at least some status, right? Um, so it's, it's an old game, right? It's a divide and conquer, right? You know, so, so you have... Actually, a, 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 a possible alliance of a very large supermajority of the population that if they band together, they would have a ton of power. Um, and the way to, you know, overcome that uh, is, to, is to make poor people fight each other and blame each other for things. And they are. Like, and it's tried and true practice, right? It's, I mean, you know, it, so in, 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 in a way, you know, people are talking about, oh, Trump is... You know, he's an iconoclast and there's nothing like him. In another way, he's doing something that's very old. Right. Right. I mean, but he's not he's aware, which is why yeah, it's, it's sexy. He, yeah. But, but, you know, he's got a lot of strategists and stuff like that. I mean, this is, this is a very old strategy to, 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 you know, fragment uh, populations that might well be sort of living near one another, competing for similar jobs, um, um, in the same level of uh, socioeconomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, one way to sort of, you know, is to sort of muster, particularly in America, um, uh, a, a, a population to get behind you is to brandish. Well, it's these these sort of new people, um, whether they whether they're Mexican or Polish or Italian or Irish, you can go down the line, right? That this is this is done over and over and over again, right? So, yeah, Trump, yeah, reality TV star, sure, new strategy of of you know pitting poor people against one another old as hell yeah right? but he also was a guy who who 
everyone was okay saying this guy is like Trump, the billionaire. Like no one, t- no one took. Where was everybody taking this guy down? Three years ago, four years ago, even uh, when he started getting into politics, where was everybody writing all the articles about all the bullshit? Where right, was well, that shit? No, he was loved. Remember, everybody loved he, him. He, they because he makes for great TV, and of people course. were cashing in. I mean, I mean, he's the one who did the whole um, birther thing, right? He was the herald of that, Absolutely. right? So, and they gave him all the, all the TV time but he wanted. They, the, they could have turned off the cameras when he was doing. He was making this ridiculous, disgusting claim that. Obama's not an American for some reason. You know, like, I mean, they could have just turned off the cameras. But guess what? He was on TV all the time, right? Um, And then he became... And then he was on TV all the time, and he got the nomination. And then now, in the aftermath, people are saying... The head of CNN came out, what's his name? Zucker came out and said that, oh, um, maybe we shouldn't have broadcast all of his speeches (laughs) uninterrupted. You know, just cut everything else and just broadcast those, you know? So, I don't know. Um... You know, in the end, I, I, I give a very simple reasoning. You got to vote for something. But in the end, like how this happens, it's always like multiple causes, right? It's not one. Um, but I mean, the real joke of this yeah. whole thing, yeah. before we go take a sip, and this is something I was thinking about today, the reality of the situation is nobody is bringing jobs back here. You know, we're always going to have a certain level of unemployment. We're always going to have states and cities in this country that are going to be fucking... Uh, jobless, industry-less places where poor people live. And I think the issue is we got to stop making these fake promises. Like, I don't think people have the answers. I I don't know. Do people have the answers? How do we get jobs back? How do we create tons of jobs? Is that real? Well, I mean, robots are taking over, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, yeah. So So nobody, nobody, I mean, but the real question is like, why can't we just say, we don't know. We got to figure this shit the (laughs) fuck out. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. None of these fuckers know. So, I mean, th- I think that's true. And that could be said of, you know, because Ber- Bernie and Trump match up in some ways on their protectionism. Um, but, you know, I, I think the, the value, if you can put it that way, of politicians is that they give a possible vision for the future. Right. Right. It's not it's not it's not set in stone, obviously, but it's a possible future. Um, and, you know, I just just think that the one that Bernie was had on offer could have been appealing, right? Basically what you got was a lot of Bernie's going to bring you jobs and he's going to build the, 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 the safety net and you're going to have health insurance and your kids are going to go to college and we're going to tax people who haven't been taxed for 30 years to do so. Um, you're going to get all that. And, and in some cases, Trump was saying not, maybe not all those things, but I'm going to bring you jobs and you're yeah. going to be wealthier and so on. It was, and then, but it was Bernie without the racism, you know? So like, like, like Bernie had all that stuff without the bigotry, right. you know? So why not go with that guy? You know? So yes. Yeah. Time will tell. <laughs> but right now I'm going to get back in here. I'm going to get another beer. I'm going to finish my turkey. Let's do it. Let's and do it. cry a little. <laughs> All right, what are we doing? Okay. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, so now we talked a little bit about how this happened. I wanted to pose the question, what can the Trump administration actually do? Um, and I mean this on a sort of sort of pragmatic slash legal level, right? What 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 is the nature of the power that they have? Understood. Um, so one thing I just want to put out there is that the GOP in the next ele- election cycle... Uh, so that's to say 
2018. They are one state out state house away from being able, able to vote in a new constitutional constitutional amendment. Um, so they have 32. Uh, the Dems have 13, and there's six uh, that are um, what are called split, right? So they're bicameral houses, and you know, one upper or lower is is Dem or Republican. If they get to 33, they already have the parliamentary maneuvers to flip the other five. So they just need to do very well for the next one, and then whatever you know, constitutional amendment that they want to pass, it's almost a sure thing. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of power right there. Um, oh my God. Um, things that are easier to do for them. So they have 4,000 appointments that the executive makes, right? So 4,000 different just sort of political appointees on all, on all branches of government. Um, and so what does this mean? So I actually, I went to this talk the other day by nation editors at their journal. Uh-huh. And so one of them used to work in the justice department and she was saying, and she was an Arab American who worked in the Justice Department right after 9-11. And John Ashcroft had just become, uh, so she, she had worked before, she was a career lawyer, so she worked for Janet Reno, and then John Ashcroft came in. Uh-huh. And so this is just like, it's like a taste of what an appointee can do. Um, so when she was there, post 9-11, there were serious conversations about rounding up and deporting every single Arab citizen in America, mm-hmm. right? So that's what the Department of Justice was talking about under Ashcroft. Um, other minor things. Ashcroft said you were never allowed to say you take pride in your work because pride is a sin. Um, mm. And He was that, crazy. Yeah, and then if you were a woman, even if legally you had not changed your name and you were married, you had to go by your husband's name in the office. Um, so, so there's all these sort of like very everyday ways that a political appointee can impose a different type of culture and sort of behaviors, you know, and impose them uh, a discipline, if you like, um, depending on 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 you know what what whatever their appointment is. So there's four thousand of those, right? So that's things that they can just do because there's no no check on that. They don't have to get a congressional approval. They can just a, a, appoint four thousand people. The drone program mass surveillance, and the entire legal regime that governs it, um, that is one big loaded gun that Bush created, Obama added to and made insane, Mm -hmm. um, and he's handing that over to Donald Trump. Um, The day after the election, I texted one of our um, relatives, Zach, um, and our one of our first guests. And I said to him, wow, so Zach, uh, for those who haven't listened to that episode, um, is my brother-in-law, Tony's brother. And he's a constitutional lawyer. And he'd written an article saying that Obama was going too far in the executive use of power. Basically, there's a do-nothing Congress and Obama, in order to help immigrants from being deported, even though he's got a massive deportation program, at least helping the children use executive power to write basically executive orders um, to circumvent Congress, right? And his point was that even though that the aim of those executive orders was moral and good, the circumvention of Congress is a dangerous precedent because you're not always going to have somebody who's moral and good right. in the presidency, 
Um, and here we have Donald Trump walking into, again, with this whole sort of legal uh, uh, foundation upon which to act, right? Um, so what can he do with this? Trade deals can be renegotiated, right? So that's something. Um, the Paris Climate Agreement can basically be completely rolled back. The Iran deal, he has uh, because he can, he can uh, mm. take, take uh, yeah, totally rip it up. Yep. He's already said three million uh, uh, deportations. Yep. Um, and there's there's something in the law, um, in the Immigration Act, where you can deputize police departments to act with ICE to do that. So he would likely use that trick of law to have a much larger force without hiring a lot more people. Mm. Um, TPP will probably go away. It's kind of dead in the water now. Which um, we're happy about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I'm just talking about things bad, that one I'm, good. I'm, talk, I'm talking about <laughs> things that he can just do, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, the pipelines, Keystone and the North Dakota, those are probably going to go through. He's an investor on the North Dakota pipeline. Um, so those will probably uh, happening. be happening. They probably were happening anyway. Um, well, I mean, just this week it was reported that the Army Corps of Engineers said they're going to stop building the pipeline, right? Because, you know, they've, they've cited all sorts of things, but they, they wouldn't have done that had there not been protests, right? Right. So, but now that's probably going through. Harder to do, building the darn wall that he's been talking about. That's a harder thing to actually do. He's taking fence now. Right. Par partial fence, partial wall. Um, Obamacare, getting rid of all that—that's harder to do. He said he's going to keep some. Of right. He, he said he so he said he's going to keep the parts that are really expensive, <laughs> right, right, right. So pre-existing conditions, right. children staying on till twenty-six, and all that kind of stuff. Very expensive. Um, who's going to pay for that? Who knows, right? Uh, and the other thing that's harder to do is the uh, basically abandoning NATO, um, they, calling for NATO to participate more um, in wargaming and, and, and their fees and more actual active troops, um, like a larger standing armies, essentially. Um, if he backs away from that, um, there's a sort of question of a power vacuum that who's going to step in and guarantee South Korean and European borders. Mm -hmm. uh, would it be Russia? Would it be the Chinese? You know, what, what would that mean? Right. So those are things that are sort of harder to maneuver. Um, but, you know, that's a lot of power. Right. So that Think about that. Like, I think the appointments themselves are terrifying for me. Like, this whole Steve Bannon appointment—that's just—that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, three thousand nine hundred ninety-nine more of these to go. Yeah. All right. I, I I don't even know how to begin to fight against that. That that's one thing I have a question about. Is that, you know, how do you even begin to push back against this amount of power? Because it's insane. I mean, it's house. Are Senate. you asking me? Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Um, I'm cool with people protesting. I feel like if it makes you feel better and it gives you some sort of hope that you don't have right now, go peacefully protest. Well, that's cool a psychological that. argument, right? That it makes you feel better. I'm gonna but get it there. Do anything? No, I'm yeah. gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Um, I think the line that scares me is these protests, they're going to die down. Like these, no matter how much motivation's out there, life has to go on and people have to go to work and people need to, it, it's not, they'll slowly start to like op occupy Wall Street. I mean, all this shit, it, it eventually. Well, that, was, that was forcibly removed, by sure, the way. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, they're forcibly removing people in Oregon right now. I mean, they're going to find reasons because some one dumb asshole will throw a rock through it and then they're going to do what they, they do. Um, and I don't think that's, 
that's not my point. My point is everybody that's sad and angry right now, they want to fight this immediately. Like right now. What can we do right now? What can we do right now? That's not how this works. Mm. We have two years and then four years. Those are your goals, right? If you want to protest, go protest. I'm cool with it. I'm not going to protest. Um, I'm going to keep uh, paying attention to when I can vote, whenever the next vote comes up that I can make a difference in. I'm going to really pay attention to the candidates. And here's my blanket. Here's my blanket statement. I will never vote for someone that voted for these wars. You're out. You're out. Um, If you were against gay marriage in political office and you're for it now, you're out. I, we need fresh, young, uh, prog- progressive, liberal blood in there right now. Um, if you took millions of dollars from Wall Street, you're out. I'm not voting for you. Blanket. I would stay the fuck home because that's the problem is we'll get, pu- we'll get pushed Cory Booker. We'll get pushed Schumer. We'll get pushed the same old, same old. And that's why we're here. That's why the Democrats, we lost to Donald fucking Trump. Yeah. And that's because there's a huge divide in the Democratic Party right now. And the people that lost, which are, are me and you, um, the majority of who we represent are young and they don't have money and they will eventually be, become something else because they'll give up hope because we, tur- we cannibalize ourselves. We, we get turned on within so that we don't come vote after 10 years of being an adult where we're paying off student fucking debt and our, we're getting taxed and, and we're not seeing it go anywhere, but we're in wars and, we're, and we have politicians who support them and... The bigger issue needs to be a, a certain level of responsibility that falls on the uh, more educated liberals to, one, stop fucking shaming. Stop shaming. A lot of Democrats are supposed to be the party of the poor. They're supposed to represent the people who, at least now, we mm-hmm. pretend we represent those people. We care about black people. We care about inner city and Latinos. And, and, and uh, we, we have compassion for illegal immigrants and Muslims and refugees. But... We don't really represent that in the party. Like the people that are actually there are major- predominantly white people who don't really represent them. And and I think the big issue is like we've kind of lost the the young charismatic Obama of two thousand eight or whatever the fuck it was. And we keep allowing we keep allowing the uh, the powers to be the fucking Howard Deans. Like why is this guy why why is he have anything to do with anything? He's a lobbyist. He's done. You're gone. Like all these people who get paid off are still making decisions. So the party's not, it's not real. And that's the big issue. So the the protest should come. You can protest Donald Trump, go ahead. But we really should be protesting our own party. Like there's a bigger protest that should happen right now Mm -hmm. um, because we could make a big change where we rally the young and we get the poor out and we and we lobby for making elections national holidays so people that are blue collar can not have to worry about losing their job to vote like it's rigged against the poor and we're not helping the situation yeah the big message here to all our democratic liberal listeners which are 99.9% per- percent, <laughs> Stop shaming people. Stop reposting Huffington Post things about how we let down Hillary Clinton or whoever. Shut up. You know what you need to start doing? Start posting who you think is the next candidate, who you think is running for uh, local representatives or for Congress. Go out there and do the real homework that I make Amit do for me. Or you find somebody that does it and you talk to them. Because that is where you, that's the shaming you need to do is with yourself and everybody else who really, 
you don't really know what's going on. You can't name the next 10 young people. That's the problem. I would say, if I can just add one thing to that, one way you to... You can't start, add anything. Yeah. Moving on. No, <laughs> one, one thing to ask yourself as a way to sort of check yourself is that do you know who your representative is from your own congressional district? If you do not know that, you need to educate yourself. Bam, son! I'm going to fish my turkey. No policy. It's, it's good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. We're coming out with events. We're going to make real change. That's right. That's Start right. telling your friends to listen to us, man. I you know, not you. I'm talking to the people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're on the show, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like us on you Instagram. You're looking at me. <laughs> well, I'm talking to you. It's an intimate conversation. <laughs> yeah, but you're like in an accusatory way. I was like, hey, why don't you tell your friends, man? You're too sensitive. You're just like the liberal elite. I'm talking with passion. Locker room talk, Abed. Locker room talk. Uh, no politics at the dinner table, produced by our boy G. Beta Roy. Y'all got to check out his damn oh my mix. God. It if, is good. If you haven't heard Oof. it, it will literally listen to it. It'll help you understand. It's smarter than yeah. you. Yeah, it is. So if, it, it actually if, is. If you haven't listened to the whole thing, you, that's smart music. Yeah. Get on board. We will uh, talk to you jerks. Probably maybe next week. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well next Thanksgiving we gotta do it like Monday or some shit. All right, we'll figure it out. All right. Good to good to. I'm I'm glad you guys are back listening to our nasty voices. We're out of here. See you next week.